What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Geek Scott Game, the Geek versus All video game talk show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josiah Leroy, and with me today, the other co-host, Mr. Jeff Pavlock. What's up, Jeff? Hey, man. What's going on? So, a, a relatively light few weeks in terms of news. However, we got quite a bit today uh, from Google, so we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit here. But first, as we start every show here at Geek Scott Game, what is in your system? Not much has changed for me, so why don't we uh, we start with you, Jeff? Maybe not much has changed for you either. No, not but, uh, really. What are you playing um, right now? I, I did pop in the Minish Cap uh, on my Wii U Virtual Console. Um, I think I may have mentioned on the last episode that there's a couple Zelda games I really wanted to replay, and I had planned to play them all this summer because I expected, you know, it's summer, summer gaming season. There's really not a lot out. And then that Nintendo Direct happens a couple weeks ago where they basically announced tons of heavy hitters for June, July, August. So now all of these games that I was playing to replay later in the year had to move them up a bit, taking care of them. You had to readjust that schedule. Yeah, so after Minish Cap, it'll be probably Skyward Sword, and then I'm thinking Twilight Princess HD. Gotcha, gotcha. So I got, I got a lot of Zelda ahead of me. That's a good thing. What else is new? So, you, you know, your favorite gaming franchise of all time. Yes. Anything Zelda. Oh, yeah. I've been itching big time to play Batman Arkham. Uh, just go through the Return to Arkham on the, the Xbox One, um, which is Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. I've not gotten there yet. I have uh, had just a terrible string of, of lack of gaming. Um, since we last talked on Geek Scott Game, I've only played Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and uh, made a, a night of it. And boy, I, I enjoyed it. I got to say, that is a game I can just pick up and play, and I, I am loving life. Making more clips for our social media pages. That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> if you see the clips on our Instagram, that is me. Uh, Instagram.com slash the Geekiverse or at the Geekiverse if you're on the app. Uh, but yeah, so um, there was a bunch of new maps. I was totally oblivious to this. And I, I don't know if it was. Forgive me for not knowing this. I didn't know if it was just for the double experience weekend because I played on the weekend. And a lot of times they'll give you a once a month, double the experience points. So there were three new maps I played, and one of which was called Casino, which was awesome. Needless to say, it uh, takes place at night. It's in a casino, in and around a casino. Shocking. It, I, I know. <laughs> this is very mind-blowing. But it's a blast. It, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it reminds me, it's got the flavor of Call of Duty Black Ops 2 to it. And for all I know, I'm so burned out lately. It might as well. It may have been a, a Black Ops 2 map. Um, so... You know, don't rag on me too hard if that's the case. But I really, really enjoyed that. I have not touched Kingdom Hearts three. I am at the final boss battle. Like I am right there. Like as soon as I pick up the console, that's what I'm doing, or one of the many final boss battles. If you've read up on the game, um, so I'm there. And then Star Wars Jedi Academy. I've been playing uh, backwards compatible original xbox on the xbox one again have not touched it but um it's just a good time it's not super detailed <laughs> when it comes to mechanics but it it holds up relatively well it's clunky it's clear that it was two generations ago but it's just a good time if you're a star wars fan i could not recommend more getting into that uh you know what i take it back i did play one night of gaming aside from my Call of Duty night, and it was uh, the Spider-Man, the City That Never Sleeps DLC. I played the second of the three DLC packs. Um, this was Hammerhead. Did I see that? Crushed it all out in one night? Crushed it all in one night. Um, not 100%, mm -hmm. but I, uh, I did the whole story for it. 
and man, that's another game that you can just pick up right where you left off, get right back into it. Takes takes you maybe a battle or two when it comes to the the fighting mechanics. I'll tell you that. Um, but once you do, it's it's a lot like when you play the Batman Arkham series with the free flow combat. Yeah, it's polished, man. They did a good job. Um, as uh, as you may have heard on on past episodes, I interviewed Insomniac's lead writer for the game and for Sunset Overdrive, John Paquette. So you can read my ten questions with article for him at thegeekiverse.com. A relatively light episode for you today. We are actually just going to get to some news bits here. Uh, what do you want to start with, Pavlok? Give you the choice. We're, we got. Let's go with the let's go with the big gun. Go with the big one. All right. Google is, I would argue, revolutionizing the way we look at gaming. We're going to an all streaming model with Stadia. So uh, I learned that that is the plural of stadium. Kind of a cool little tidbit. Uh, anyway, uh, today they announced that that will be coming. Uh, when when is that coming? Actually, do we was there? I don't think there was a release window given for any of it. Um, I, I don't know off the top of my head either. Hold on. Uh, anyway, it's it's an all streaming service, run right through a browser essentially. And one thing I noted, it has the com- it is more powerful combined than the PlayStation Four and Xbox One in terms of teraflops. We made a joke about this years back when they talked about teraflops constantly for the Xbox One X. Uh, this has 10 teraflops worth of power. So it's a pretty beefy system, and we're not even talking about a new hardware, a new home console, anything like that. We are talking about specifically streaming. 2019 is uh, very possible, if not feasible, for this, it looks like. No price point, no right. subscriptions just yet. Uh, but we did get a glimpse at the control. Uh, looks like a honestly a little bit of a mix of the Xbox One, the PlayStation Four, and I would say the Switch's Pro controller takes the best of all three of those worlds. Uh, it's got the dual thumbsticks. See if I can pull up a picture here. Looks like it's a little bit thinner than the Xbox control. Uh, just gauging from the images I've seen. Yeah, it, it it almost looks a little like longer. Like whereas the Xbox yes, controls a little more way. compact. This is a little more lanky, if that is even remotely a no. It's a good way to put it. Accurate word for a video game controller. Same amount of buttons as the Xbox One control. However, it doesn't have like the guide button in the middle, like you'd see on a PlayStation or or Xbox control. Um, so Stadia is not a piece of hardware. It's a streaming platform meant to bridge across devices and provide players instant access to their games while also further integrating YouTube capture, streaming, and sharing. Now, this is an article I'm reading right from IGN.com, by the way, so you can check that out. Uh, Google is aiming to stream games at launch in 4K at 60 frames per second for both playing games and sharing game streams, which is unheard of, by the way. With goals of eventually supporting, get this, 8K and 120 plus frames per second. Crazy. Among its boasts, uh, uh, that's improperly worded, uh, Google confirmed Stadia is more powerful than the PS4 and Xbox One combined, which I just told you. So, instant reaction to the Google Stadia that we got here. Uh, we, we had heard for some time, and there was a, a kind of a beta last year that they're... they're new gaming system, quote-unquote, was going to be coming. What do you take away from all this that we saw today? I think it's a sign that the video game industry is very healthy and thriving 
that one we're just getting a, that simply that we're getting a new console platform however you want to describe it all together um but that that too such a massive massive company wants to get in on the business obviously the business still has a lot of potential and is flourishing if someone as large as google wants in on the money and the market that's in with this and we're not just talking about games that you may see kind of like um when you think of mobile gaming or, or like facebook gaming you think of maybe smaller titles um this is this is AAA gaming we're talking here. So Assassin's Creed Odyssey was shown being uploaded, and I, I think that's unbelievable. Doom Eternal is one that they've also mentioned. That's the first confirmed title, right? That think how crazy that is. So Doom Eternal, one of the sequels to one of the biggest shooters in recent memory, is going to be available on this service day one. At least you know what I can't confirm day one. I, no, um, we can't confirm that yet. I can't either. confirm that. I, I don't think even Doom Eternal has a release date yet. It, it does, does not. It? But I believe when I say day one, uh, at the Stadia's launch, it will be available uh, from what we're hearing. But uh, there are a few partnerships with some major uh, publishers out there. Uh, in addition, the Stadia controller, the controller connects through Wi-Fi directly to the game running in the Google Data Center. The controller also has a capture button, which will save game clips to YouTube either privately or to the world. Uh, there's also the Google Assistant button. Players can use the built-in microphone with this button to access features created by developers to use in games. Uh, one thing that I thought was kind of amazing, and I think this is where it's going to be even more revolutionary, is with streaming. Um, <coughs> if you're watching me stream a game, you can jump in to the starting point of where I just started provided you you have the game and you can just go from there like say let's say for some reason we were playing a, a game like crash team racing where um you were watching me just race single player or online you could just at that point say i can beat that time and then you can go and stream right from the moment i did and try to to beat my time yourself um kind of the things you can do with it are amazing and i think it's going to change the way we think of of gaming moving forward so i imagine our playstation 5 our our next xbox are going to have a lot of features that we're seeing here or they're going to take from what works well for stadia how do you think this changes the landscape if at all i i I can't say that with absolute certainty yet I mean, a gaming platform is only as successful as its software. And granted, we have seen some very notable software announced for this yet. We cannot say what the full library is going to be like. Who's jumping on board, right? right? We do know that Google is creating their own in-house um, game development studio, which I think is terrific because that just that brings new, fresh ideas to the industry for software, which is always appreciated. Um, and also... You know, hopefully this offers employment opportunities to many more people. You know, we always we mentioned it on yeah. here multiple times in the past how unfortunate it is that studios can go under so abruptly in the gaming industry. No, we never want to see people lose their jobs. It's one of the worst things that can happen to you. Um, so you know, it, it, you, I, I always want to see things. I always want to see ideas and new um properties be successful in the gaming industry because the more that the industry flourishes the more opportunity that there is for employment the more opportunity there is for people to make this their livelihood and be able to support themselves and their loved ones 
well said. So and I more, agree. more power to that. I, I, you know, I hope that first party studio is it, it's as large and as as ambitious as it you know potentially could be. Another thing that is good that I. You know, I think we haven't seen in some time. Competition is good. Yes, competition is always wonderful. So now, for you know, any entertainment industry, it doesn't necessarily have to just be video games. This applies to any entertainment industry. I, uh, it's funny. I, you know, I support acquisitions if it if it makes sense to do so for both companies, uh, and and thus it kind of almost eliminates a competitor. But I also very much support even a, a new competitor rise to the top here. So I think back over like the last maybe 10, 15, 20 years in gaming and you had your PlayStations, your Nintendos, Microsoft comes around with a pretty successful Xbox, uh, which morphs into the Xbox 360, one of the best-selling systems, and then you know you go down the line to where we are. You think of the Nintendo Wii without revolutionized gaming, at least for a little bit, with its motion controls. And then we get to a little bit of VR, which hasn't. it's definitely got its niche, but I don't think it's it's totally changed everything with how we look at gaming. And then even more recently, we get to the Nintendo Switch, which just, you, you take gaming on the go, it's seamless between your TV and taking the system with you in the car, wherever you're going, and I think that has changed how we look at gaming, because look at Microsoft with all their deals lately with Xboxes Play Anywhere. And I those are kind of some of the things I think of over the last many years in gaming and i think this is going to join that list hopefully where it can it can stand on its own two feet and really be a, a force here because you always think of the big three nintendo microsoft and sony i'd love to say the big four yeah and maybe you know may, maybe not this year but next year at e3 they have a big presence yeah how great would that be and you right especially with sony dropping out of e3 this year you know maybe sony doesn't plan to return to e3 ever or it, you know Honestly, now that I think about it, E3 might be chomping at the bit for Stadia to be successful because that could mean Google will want to come to E3 now. And you got to imagine that the the people behind E3 don't like Sony not being there. No, that is not good for business. It takes eyes off of the entire event, no matter how grand um, of a presentation Nintendo and Microsoft do. The fact is there's going to be less eyes on E3 this year just due to Sony's absence. Sure. So I'm sure the people behind E3 absolutely would love to have Google be there um, in the future and bring a lot more eyes to the event through whatever they may announce or show off for Stadia there. Yeah, I don't I don't think Sony leaving E3 means the show falls apart. But you're Certainly right. not. It It is uh, almost like a snag in the fabric, right? Like it unravels a bit. Uh, good, uh, good analogy, and, and and it can be saved. <laughs> you know, it's it's not make or break, but maybe over time you have more developers fall away. Like EA doesn't do E three; they they do their own thing, just before E three. Um, and then you know, Mike, it, you see a company like Microsoft who's looking their chops, saying, "Great, you know, maybe yeah. we announce our new Xbox this year." Um, so I love the shift in 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 the balance and power. I think it's great when it comes to kind of some of our bigger gaming companies here. And in regards to Stadia too, you really think about it and so many other entertainment mediums have uh, evolved to the point where we can take them anywhere. You can, you know, between different um, mobile devices, whether it be a smart tablet, your phone, um, fire devices, 
you can watch a movie or a television show just about anywhere. You can read books on the go through like Kindle or your iPad or your other tablet devices. Gaming is now catching up to those other mediums in that regard that you can kind of take, you know, the highest end um, product. And what I mean by that is, you know, Switch, Switches, you know, those those are HD games larger games that previously you could never get on a handheld console aside from PlayStation Vita, but right. Switch is even a little bit stronger than that. Stadia, which how strong it promises to be, you could be taking games that wouldn't even be possible on the Switch and taking them on the go. So it's just getting to the point where you can, no matter how um, you know, how large a game is, no matter how graphically intensive it is, it's getting to the point where you're not limited to just sitting in one spot with it. You can possibly take this is possibly mobile at this point. Yeah, that that's ama- you think about it, maybe you are able to play on your phone. Right. And the controller syncs to that. Uh, maybe there's bluetooth capability, anything like that. Um and in we would have never thought that you could play a game like Skyrim. Sure. On a handheld. But now just imagine playing Elder Scrolls 6 on the go. Sure. Or you know like they like, showed off uh Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. It is a big game. A big game, a graphically huge, sprawling open world. To be able to play that on there, that's a really good test. Or like a Witcher 3 type of game, sure. something like that. Sure. This this uh this could this has the potential to be a game changer, I think. I'm excited to see for it. I'm rooting for it. Uh because I think, like we said, more competition is good. Red um, Dead Red Dead 2. Oh man, yeah. Like that's a game yeah. you can't get on Switch. Right, you, maybe you can't take that mobile with maybe the switch. The next GTA, right, is is ripe for the taking for that. Uh, we want to know your thoughts on this. Uh, go to Facebook.com/slash The Geekiverse. Get in the discussion there with the rest of the community. We'd love to hear from you. Just uh, drop a line. Tell us what you think of the Stadia, all that it encompasses. Also, you can check out our Instagram story over at uh, at The Geekiverse on Instagram. Uh, Pavlak, what do you think of the name Stadia? I like it. I like it too. Yeah, uh, they didn't botch that. You know, like that's important to me. Um, and I like the thought behind it. So their their goal right. here was players, developers, and streamers. That's the the three that they talked about. So what does that encompass? A stadium like atmosphere, stadia, the plural of of stadiums. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. I think the flavor is definitely there. It's like they're, like there's they're obviously going for a theme there, and the name absolutely nails it. Yeah, it feels sleek. It feels cool. It it, it nails the entire aesthetic of what they're going for with the branding on that. So kudos to Google on coming up with that. Uh, so hopefully, uh, get our hands on this in the in the near future. I'd love to hear more about it. I'm sure we'll have more in the coming months. Uh, and you wonder how that maybe fits into the the fall holiday gaming season here, if at all. Uh, any last thoughts on that before we move on to the other two news items? No, I'm I'm good on my end. Cool. Uh, so uh, moving on to news item number two, Apex Legends. Uh, you might have heard of it. I it's have a, a popular popular game it has a battle pass a season one battle pass so we're getting the Fortnite seasons vibe here right um it is a available by the time you hear this and um it's got plenty of new exclusive cosmetic items along with apex packs among its hundreds of levels of rewards now the battle pass is purchasable with apex coins but players who wish to only play for free can do do so and earn a few free rewards. Uh, so more of the the games as service going on here, and I think that's fine. Uh, I've always been of the mind, and I think we maybe even brought this up last episode, 
that I'm fine with DLC, I'm fine with battle packs, things of that nature, anything that you can buy to add on in a game, as long as, first of all, it doesn't give you an advantage in a multiplayer game, and I guess a single-player game to, a, to an extent. And second of all, it doesn't eat into the original package of the game. So if, what I'm saying there is you buy a $60 game, they're not carving out half of it and putting it behind a paywall. Right. Which I think, you know, you, you always think of like Star Wars Battlefront 2. They, they were accused of that, which okay. I disagree with more or less. Apex Legends is free to play. As long as you're not getting that free or um, that advantage, I think it's okay. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, like you said, um, you know, as long as there's no competitive advantage, it, I, I just like, I can't fathom a competitive community having um, advantages come through a paywall, especially like what, you know, how often I play fighting games. There oh, was, yeah. Granted, there's really not a lot that can be done with paywalls for that in terms of like advantages aside from like certain, you know, purchasing a character or something like that. But that's, it's not as common as occurrence as say like a weapon pack or a map pack or an item pack and like say a shooter, for example. Um, that doesn't happen too often in fighting games. Um, and then in terms of like amount of content, you know, you, I, you, you don't want to be paying $20 for a pack that maybe takes up five to 10 hours max especially if the original game is shorter. One example of this, and this is from a game that I really adored, but the original Dishonored. You could probably beat the original Dishonored in, what, 10 to 15 hours at the most. Yeah. The DLC packs then maybe had close to that same amount of content. So you think about paying, well, I just paid $20 for the same amount of content as I did $60 in the original game. Makes the original game look really, really lacking in bare bones at that point. I understand. I see what you're saying, as opposed to value-added DLC. Yeah. Um, because there's two ways you can look at it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like some of the best examples, are, and I'm going to mention it again, but The Witcher 3, those DLC packs were m enormous. Like, I mean, you were looking at 10 to 20-hour experiences longer than some you know, full games. Sure. Just out of that. Um, Breath of the Wild for Switch had, had a couple meaty ones. Uh, Trial of the Sword and the Champion's Ballad were both fairly lengthy i think they were worth the 20 dollars that you paid for the two of them i think the was it 20 each no it 20, was 20, 20 for the okay. two um i think the best dlc packs are the ones that come after not always but in a lot of cases a really deep long game like a yeah. like one like a breath of the wild yeah for or witcher uh, what do you call it elder scrolls has traditionally sure. been very great at that too dating all the way back to oblivion like there is no doubt about it when you are buying that DLC that you didn't get your money's worth with the regular game. Exactly. That, and that's how it should be. You should get yep. your money's worth with the original game. Yep. This is just a little more if you really enjoyed that game. How do you feel? Well, you know what? Before I ask you this question, uh, I can kind of support that point myself. I think of uh, my favorite DLC packs and I, um, this is going to shock you, of course, but Batman Arkham City, for example, and Arkham Knight, which I don't talk about a lot, that one, <laughs> I'm talking about Arkham City all the time, but Arkham Knight was the final game in the trilogy. Um, that DLC was wonderful. So you play the game, you really get your money's worth, just the perfect amount of time, and if you, also on top of it, if you're a completionist, like I am for games like that, where you try to 100% everything, find all the Riddler trophies, all the, the side missions, then the DLC feels like it's really special, even if it's short. Um, and I think those games and also the Spider-Man games with the city that never sleeps, 
it, it, that was like the perfect mix of DLC for me. With Spider Man, uh, I, th- I always think it's risky business to announce DLC before a game comes out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe less and less as time goes on, people just don't care. But the Spider Man DLC was announced, I want to say, in July or August, and the game was coming out in September. And they said, hey, it's going to be 25 bucks and you'll get three packs, or you can buy them individually for 10 bucks a piece. And I always think to myself, wait a second. You're either really confident that your game is going to be good at that point or you're making a big mistake. Uh, in that case, it, it was it was the, the former. So I, I think you can, you can strike that balance there. What I was going to ask you was, how do you feel about paying for aesthetics in, in DLC? So um, again, we probably talked about this, but Star Wars Battlefront 2, there's, uh, there's basically... I can't remember if they call them just credits or what they changed the name to. But you, anyway... Think of battle points, stuff you can save up to in-game currency. You can buy, like, uh, Han Solo, how he looked in Solo, A Star Wars Story. You can buy Lando, how he looked in that. Or you can buy, um, the like, Count Dooku, how he looked in the Clone Wars animated series, which is really cool. But it takes a long way to grind and get those points up. Or right. you can spend, it's like $10 an outfit. And yeah. Like, how much do you really care? It doesn't give you any advantage. Right. Other than a Star Wars buff like me being like, that's so cool. Yeah. I, you know, I, I always, when you bring up that um, topic, the example I always think of was the horse armor from Elder Scrolls <laughs> right. that you could just buy. And, and people absolutely lambasted mm-hmm. uh, Bethesda for that transaction. You know, personally, I don't really care. I mean, maybe it is being maybe it is being a little petty to charge people for an aesthetic, but at the same time, I just I don't care enough, especially when but you look, don't have to buy. It. I know, I know, I know exactly. Right? No, I completely agree. Um, and they do in like in Battlefront's case, you have the option to save right. for it. Like you know, on, on the surface level, it's a little petty. However, I just I really don't care, and especially nowadays, you know, our time is limited. We there's only so many hours in the day. You know, it's pro. I would probably be more apt to spend ten dollars on a costume that I really really liked, as opposed to dumping anywhere from you know ten to ten twenty thirty however many hours it yeah. takes to get me to grind to get it with the in game um, threshold. I'm with My you, time, I, like I can only play you know a certain game as you know for as, you know, as a certain amount of time. I, I can't necessarily dump all the hours that are necessary to grind for an achievement or whatnot Dude, in a we're, game. We're I adults. Made, yeah, we're adults. We're, we're halfway to fifty-seven. So I, said, why joke about, you, I joke about with Lauren all the time. Why are you saying that? I, it, we're only halfway there. Don't worry. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> so, um, but I, no, sir, like I, I I'd much rather drop the ten dollar bill and, as opposed to you know spending an entire weekend nonstop playing a game just grinding to a certain achievement. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I, especially those like days you are said, gone. right? Especially if you said if there's no competitive advantage. If there's a competitive advantage, you earn that stuff. I've but if it's just a, yeah, yeah, if it's aesthetic, I don't care, man. Even if it's a crazy grind, I think you you just you can't put it behind a paywall. You you let it go. Um, but yeah, uh, so Apex Legends uh, is where we, we started with that. Uh, you can pick that pass up now. Um, we've got one more news item here for the week, and I'm very excited about this one. This is the announcement, and I can't believe it didn't exist already, of Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, so mobile we've seen as a, a, a big trend, obviously, in the last few years, but more so on the shooter side. You're able to play Fortnite anywhere you go, on your phone, your tablet, you name it. Is it Warframe? Also on mobile devices outside of like consoles, I believe it is. I'd have to double check that, but I think that's another one. So uh, right now at CallofDuty.com/mobile, you can actually sign up. 
I was incorrect. It's not war. Warframe is not. My, my bad. My bad. Nope. Uh, you could have fooled me. It's I, probably I it it's probably coming at this point. I, I would imagine so. I'm sure Call of Duty is going to set the standard for it. Uh, but anyway, uh, for for Call of Duty Mobile, you can pre-register now at the website, uh, so you get the latest updates on it and the opportunity, possible opportunity to join future beta tests, uh, and of course earn in-game rewards. So I imagine this will be. Yep, there's my answer. So what is Call of Duty Mobile? I'm actually going to read the definition right from the website here. Call of Duty Mobile is a new free-to-play game that brings together the maps, weapons, and characters from across the Call of Duty series in the definitive first-person action experience on mobile. I think this is the exact right time to get Call of Duty going on on the, the system because with Fortnite or whatever game you want to talk about, there's been a trailblazer at this point. Now they can come in and know it's going to work and they're not going to have to suffer and tarnish the Call of Duty name if they release a subpar title or a bad title. Right. Um, I'm really excited for it. There is a, a bit of a trailer that shows some of the in-game action. Uh, what has me particularly excited is that you'll be able to play maps such as Nuketown. Uh, the connection to the Call of Duty universe says mobile is a new standalone mobile title that features a collection of fan-favorite maps competitive game modes, familiar characters, and signature weapons from across our beloved franchises, including Black Ops, Modern Warfare, and more, into one epic experience. Um, so multiplayer is the foundation of Call of Duty Mobile. It goes on to say, Team, Des- uh, team Deathmatch on, on Nuketown, Frontline on Crash. Uh, they said there's a lot more coming. You can't download the game for some time now, but... Um, there's going to be some pre-launch betas that you can register for. Uh, I just pre-registered because I want in on this really bad. As you can tell, it's one of the few games that I make time for. So going to mobile is only better for me. Like That's, that's very exciting. Um, you'll be able to play it on iOS and Google Play devices. Um, Pavlok, is this something you're going to try at all? I think you should try it. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? Why not? I, I could actually see that being a really ideal mobile kind of game because you know with a mobile game you want something that's pick up jump in start playing right away not necessarily something that demands a commitment or you know a lot of hours from you to get the full experience from one session this is something if you're just sitting around waiting you know waiting or if you just got you know maybe 20 25 minutes to kill you could easily knock out a full uh session in there with that i feel like between uh whether it's you know competitive multiplayer matches maybe there's like an arcade mode a survival mode something like that I think the Call of Duty's just plethora of different game modes could translate very well to the mobile platform. It's totally made for it, yeah. I think. Um, as long as the controls work fine and the, no right. reason to believe otherwise. But uh, I have a mobile control for my phone. Yeah, those um, are around nowadays. It's not like... It's, it's great. It's so if, if you imagine holding your phone sideways or horizontally, basically the, the controller I have, it's got Xbox-like buttons. If you think of the, the A, B, X, Y. Uh, thumbsticks and the the plus pad, and it basically fits on the phone like it, it's it hugs it, and I I I got it uh, for free actually last year to review. It's wonderful. I have to get the the name of it. It escapes me, but uh, I played Minecraft and one other title on it, and it makes your phone a totally viable device, uh, not unlike a Switch. Yeah, you're not you're not limited to just the touchscreen. No, let's put it that way. Right. So it's not going to be clunky, anything like that. I got the, the chance to play Elder Scrolls on, on mobile before, uh, when we were at E3 last year. It, it, it's, it's okay. It's not perfect, but having a, the, the buttons and the, the thumbsticks, big difference. Yeah. So I think call of duty, that's a, another thing. 
Like, if I've got 20 minutes to kill, I can get in a match or two. Sure. Or if you live, maybe you're a college student, let's say maybe you live in a bigger city, you're on the bus, you're on the train. That's perfect. Because yeah. you don't have to think, all right, where was I in the story? Right. <laughs> where Where am I going to leave off? What's going to be a good save point? You can just leave. <laughs> like, it's so perfect. So very excited for that. Um, maybe this should be a good community discussion. I should write it down. Uh, what do you think of this question, Pavlok? What games would you want to see on a mobile device in the future? We've gotten... And it's I hard would, to, yeah, to I'd have like, to ponder. Well, I was actually just thinking about this the other day, and no surprise I'm going to mention this franchise. I'm shocked that Nintendo hasn't put a Zelda mobile game out yet. That's got to be That's coming, one. Um, they, yeah, They've I, been parceling that. What about like a, a Splatoon? Yeah, Splatoon Maybe. would definitely could definitely do something with that. Shifting gears, you got to imagine there's a halo on the horizon. Right. Nintendo actually just had a um, an RPG. I, I believe it just launched, Dragalia Lost, exclusive to mobile platform. What, a brand new IP, everything like that, and it's it, they develop it from the ground up for mobile. But I think some uh, turn-based RPGs would be right at home on that because that's one that isn't control intensive. You don't you could control that easily with just the touchscreen. Um, you yep. don't necessarily need the analog sticks or anything like that. I think a turn-based RPG would uh, work perfect on mobile, and they, they have. I know some of the Final Fantasy games have been on there. Um, I was going to mention Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, there's, there's games like that where you don't necessarily need to have um, full three-directional, or sorry, 180 control, mm-hmm. di- 180-directional control over the character. If you don't need that, that can work just fine on a mobile platform now because they're strong enough to hold those kind of games. We live in uh, crazy times, and it's awesome though. It's yeah. uh, it's all there's gaming everywhere. Or, or like, oh god, um, I mean, Fire Emblem Heroes was really really nice on mobile platforms, but like any kind of turn based strategy, Advance Wars, Ogre Battle, Final Fantasy Tactics, I would love to have full games like that on on my phone. Speaking of non turn based but a fighting game, I'd love to see something Jump Force. I don't know how you're going to get that one to work just yet. <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't know how you... Uh, hey, look. but you know where it would work? Stadia. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's uh, true. So that would be good. Um, man, I love Jump Force. We've got to make a night of that sometime. Just... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fun so game. Much, so much Definitely fun playing fun that game. game. Um, so I guess we'll propose that question. What games do you want to see on a mobile device that don't yet exist? There's, more, are, there's more coming. Uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like this, is, especially with, like you said, Fortnite kind of got the ball. I mean, really, Nint- Nintendo and Sony kind of got the ball rolling because Sony tried the endeavor years ago, but it didn't really work. Nintendo was really the first company to strike it big on mobile. Um, and now with Fortnite going on there, Call of Duty going on there, you're going to see other big name, third, especially third party companies are going to want to jump in on this. It was only a matter of time very true it's call uh, of duty is not the last big third party property to be on mobile let's put it that way it's uh it's exciting to see that's for sure um we're gonna wrap up today's show there go to facebook.com slash the geekiverse get in the discussion we'll have the the question there on a on a status uh what games would you like to see on mobile with the announcement of call of duty mobile uh being relevant now We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we'll include some of the best answers on the, the next episode of Geek Scott Game. Um, next big release is, uh, is Mortal Kombat. After that... Uh, Mortal Kombat's looking good. We've got, it's looking uh, really good. Yeah, there's uh, more and more footage every day on that. I'm excited for that one. Rage 2 in May, and then uh, Crash Team Racing, and then uh, we've got a little bit of a lull uh, until the mid to late summer with the Nintendo stuff that we talked about. So... 
Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks for the next episode of Geek Scott Game. You can listen every other week here on the Geekiverse's podcast network, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or wherever you decide to listen to your podcasts. This is busy season for the Geekiverse coming up here as we get into... Well, I guess it's not... Well, by the time you're hearing this, it's officially spring, but... Oh, Feels I, like I, I get it. Ha, summer, ha, ha. summer is is almost here uh, in terms of our season. So, Jeff, why don't you give a plug for what's going on for you at the Geekiverse and uh, where fans can mingle with you online? I got a lot of Shazam on the horizon for me. Yes, uh, I can't <laughs> wait this well, weekend, baby. Yeah, we'll be seeing it this coming weekend. Um, I will have our review for that shortly after we see the movie. And then as we get closer to the uh, public, the traditional release, um, I'll have a feature article on there uh, highlighting and focusing on the film's uh, themes of youth empowerment, children in superhero movies, et cetera, et cetera. I can't wait for Shazam. We talked about this uh, pre-show here. We So we're very stoked we get to see it two weeks early. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for this movie, too. The only reservation in my mind, whether justified or not, is because of another DC property from a few years back, and that was Suicide Squad. And uh, I thought that that was a can't miss. Broke your heart. I thought it was a a guarantee, (laughs) thought it looked like DC's version of Guardians of the Galaxy, which ironically is getting rebooted with Guardians uh, director James Gunn. Happy to see James back, by the way, in Guardians 3. That gives me uh, hope for the next installment there. But uh, I I don't think we have to worry. Uh, whereas Suicide Squad's reviews were pouring in and we were all just looking at our phones crying, going, are you serious? There's got to be some errors here. Uh, early critical reaction to Shazam has been pretty outstanding. Some of uh, the comments I've heard is favorite DC film ever, favorite DCEU film, which is you know, not a huge bar, but we do have Wonder Woman and Aquaman in there. So they're putting uh, together some some nice success here. Nice little string. Uh, we will have a Shazam spoiler cast. Oh, forgot about that one. Yep. <laughs> uh, right. Which would be great. So if you're not planning on watching the movie, you can listen to it early because we'll have it out uh, this coming weekend. Or you can bookmark it and listen to it within a few weeks. What's up? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. sorry. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so nope, I'm good. <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter, you can find me. I'm at Josiah D. Leroy. Um, I've been a little bit quiet at the Geekiverse lately. Lots of Shazam going on. However, uh, you'll see some Shazam coverage, and then really everything from here on out until the end of April, and I shouldn't say everything, but probably like 95% of what we're doing, Avengers Endgame. If you are a Marvel fan, you are going to enjoy the coverage that we'll have uh, in Prelude to the Movie here. Last year, you can check out uh, some of the articles I wrote uh, called Some Assembly Required, which I, I went over every previous MCU movie and uh, talked about how they related to Infinity War. So now we're going to see how those relate to Endgame. And, oh boy, can't wait. We've got that on the horizon. We've got Fox officially a part of Disney. So now we can talk about Deadpool and X-Men and Fantastic Four crossovers in the, the future MCU. Uh, did you catch that the other day, by the way, Pavlak, that they, they uh, Kevin Feige is referring to Iron Man through Endgame as the Infinity Saga? Yep. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. He's book bookmarking them or bookending them. I, I think it goes to show that they have so so many ideas for future movies. They're like closing it, this arc off at like twenty two or twenty three movies. Like this arc is basically just one you know footnote in the sea of movies that they have planned. I can only imagine what's coming with yeah. what they just acquired from right. Fox. 
So exciting times indeed. Uh, you can support the Geekiverse by going to patreon.com. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Geekiverse. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. There are exclusive perks and rewards that you can unlock at the different levels. We would greatly appreciate it. It goes very far for us, even just the dollar a month. If you can't spare that, no problem. We'd appreciate that you just tell a friend about us. Also, Patreon helps us do one very important thing here that no one else can help us do. Jeff, what does Patreon.com help us do? Well, I mean, after daylight savings time, I mean, do we do we really need the lights on all the time? I don't know. I it's kind of nice because we're podcasting. I see a little daylight out the window, but... It's not pitch black at 530 If anymore. we had a long episode. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. And it, it got dark, what would happen? We it, it, we would be doing this by candlelight, and we don't want that. No! We need you to help us keep the lights on. So that's patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. I have a few last questions for you. Pavlok, do you like Marvel? I do. Do you like Buffalo? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like my city. That's good. Okay, so so go to 26shirts.com Monday. 26shirts.com. One of our uh, beloved friends, Del Reed, launching, uh, launching a new shirt. I got an exclusive look at it. It's awesome. It's, aw- it's, it's really cool, isn't it's it? It's awesome. I love it. You'll recognize the, the model in the shirt. He looks a lot like me. Because it is me. So uh, I am happy to, to model the, the upcoming shirt for 26shirts.com. If you don't know what they do, uh, 26 Shirts is the same as Fantastic, uh, who we sponsor. Uh, every time they release a new shirt, it is only for a limited amount of time, usually a week or two weeks, depending on the shirt. And proceeds from every sale go to a charity or a family in need. Uh, so the reason 26 Shirts exists, the reason Dell created that company, is to help those in need. Uh, we're big supporters of that, especially here in the Western New York community. So I'd appreciate if uh, you go check out everything that they're doing. Support them. Also, if you love uh, sports in the Buffalo, Chicago, or Pittsburgh area, you'll enjoy some of the designs they do. Again, that's 26shirts.com. Go to thegeekiverse.com for everything. Movies, comics, gaming, and TV. We'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode. And actually, Pavlok and I will see you in between that for the Shazam spoiler cast. So, for Jeff, I'm Josiah. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you soon.
Yeah. 